Welcome to Decorating the Set from Hollywood to Your Home with your hosts, Beth Kushnick and Caroline Daly. Hey listeners, this is Caroline. Each week we ask you guys to go over to Beth's Instagram and come and connect with us. And this week we have an awesome story where Instagram has connected Beth with a fantastic guy, Marcus Carroll, who you guys are going to get to meet today and learn all about his amazing work. Marcus Carroll is an interior designer turned home stager, and we cannot wait to go through the do's and don'ts of what to do in your home throughout this interview. You guys are going to love him as much as Beth and I do. We can't wait for you guys to listen. So here's our interview with Marcus Carroll. Listeners joining us today is a master of staging your home, Marcus Carroll. Marcus, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So happy you're with us, Marcus. Thank you. Thank you. So Beth... I've got to know how you and Marcus found each other in this great big wide world. Well, it's one of those miracles of Instagram. I don't know how it happened, but I just started seeing Marcus's work come up. I'm usually the one who people reach out to more than I sort of put myself out there in the DMing world, but I just couldn't resist. I was so drawn to his aesthetic and what he does, his personal aesthetic and styling in every way. We just started to have a great connection and a kind of Mutual admiration society. Marcus, how'd you find Beth? She just slid into your DMs? <laughs> no, actually, it was the other way around. I was, I'm was i not the sliding into DMs type of guy, but Beth was unresistable. She like she had every reason to deny me or whatever, or ignore it or block me. But I was very inspired by her for years. I've been following her. I've been following her work for years, both on screen and on social media. And, it, and she's just been very inspiring, especially for myself that not only enjoy interior design and home staging, but I do admire the the lifestyle and the, the career of set design and every label that comes under that field. So she's always been someone I, I followed and enjoyed her work and her creativity and especially showing behind the scene places and some of the places that she would source from or pull items from. I've always um, enjoyed following those same places and so it always became this fascination of oh her work and her field and her job is so amazing to me of course it may not be that like you know on the inside but from the outside it's just so phenomenal and it, it was always something that I wanted to do myself and I feel like they kind of intertwine and in, in line with the, one another where it can easily be attainable or cross paths at some sort it, you know it's so great because Marcus he promotes this glamorous lifestyle you know it, it, it looks so incredible but but it's it's so cool because he does know any listen anyone who does staging knows or set decoration you know the the stress of 
of, uh, you know, just being so reliant on other people. You know, everybody thinks we're in this glamorous world, but mm-hmm. it is just, you know, we're both coming just even to this podcast, probably <laughs> after intense days of long, hard work. Yes. Listeners, I can uh, definitely tell you the two sighs out of these two. <laughs> when they both came on the air, they're both like, because <gasps> it's been that kind of day for everyone so you know I, I love that you have enjoyed the pulling the curtain back because that's a big part of what beth has been telling our listeners how this is so much work and not the glamour you see in front of you so before we pick your brain for all those tips and tricks that our listeners are craving tell us a little bit about your journey of how you became an interior designer with this focus on home staging growing up i always had a passion for cleanliness and i think that comes with part of being interior designer and just making sure everything has a place and everything has a home in within your home whether it's a junk of mail it's an organized junk of mail I and mean, i always had this career dream as just as a summer hobby and stuff to go around and clean people homes and organize people homes i was always one to rearrange my room every few weeks or months and my mom always was frustrated that she come in thinking the bed is here and it's up on the <laughs> or something it's like no that's not what i signed up for when i got in this room but that was always part of my my inspiration of I can create this this universe or this space or this atmosphere that I enjoy that makes me feel comfortable and I can come home and I or I can come to this space and just be at peace. Also, growing up, I did a lot of Lego building and book building, which is basically books, building books, like reading books into like a home or something. Something that's probably not as normal as building Legos into a home, but I enjoyed both of those. My major ended up being architect initially, and I studied at Tuskegee University for a semester, and I immediately realized both math was not my best friend, which I knew since I can count to one. <laughs> math, was not, math was not my best friend, as well as everything that comes around that career just wasn't aligned with what I uh, I, would, I would hope going forward within the field. So after a year, I came across interior design, not even knowing that it was a major or it was something you can study or it was a career field. I just thought it was something that, okay, they do on TV because they need a TV show out there. Not it was actually something that you can build a whole million dollar business off of. From there, I went into studying interior design and I did several years of that. My last school year of college, we were still doing hand drawings throughout my whole school year in college. Everything was hand drawn, everything everything was hand rendered. And from there, technology started to come about more so with the drawings and renderings. I was so intrigued by it that I self-taught myself. By the first semester of my last year, I ended up teaching several students that same software, which became very popular. And by the second semester of my last year, they made it into an actual school class, that program that I was teaching others. The wow. program is the sister of AutoCAD, which are both under Autodesk. AutoCAD is more architect. Revit is more interior design. So you get more of the floor plan, perspectives, elevations, and a cleaner presentation for interior design. But, you know, Marcus, what's so interesting is that we, too, in the film and TV industry have developed with technology you know i'm i'm the old dinosaur in the office telling everybody about (laughs) how i did all of this before there were computers and cell phones 
But the fact that you came about into this at a time where you still had that classical training and you still can pick up a pencil to express your ideas and then have the technical training that you do and the way that you taught yourself, that is such a a good thing for people to know about because what I experience now is with people coming up in the business, they have no sense of even really holding a pencil in their hands. Wow. It really has a ripple effect on my job. For instance, people who only know how to, let's say, measure for flooring or measure for wallpaper just from taking it from the computer, you're not actually dealing with the actual physical space. You know, um, what I'm finding recently, I'm, I'm on a job now where two, three times in a row, my team comes to me and says, why, why are we missing the last five feet of floor for this set? <laughs> You know, after we waited for two weeks for the floor to come up from North Uh Carolina, you know, I really want to stress to our our listeners how important it is to get training, but also don't give up the classical training, you know, of figure drawing and doing plans to be able to express yourself the good old fashioned way with a pencil. It's really important still. Absolutely. And I recently read something similar to that where it's like, that's your biggest selling point where you can just express yourself at the drop of a dime. That's right. Immediately, especially amongst trying to build a clientele or just gaining that one client that's right in front of you. If you can express yourself immediately right then and there to convince this client or show this client what you're trying to convey, that's the easiest thing or the most beneficial thing of all. It's true because it's a skill that not a lot of people have and that people really, they're very impressed by it, I find. It's such a good way to to be able to use visual terms and all our tricks and tools of the trade, you know, mm-hmm. and have someone, you know, see it immediately before them, you know, how I, I, I take a tape measure and put that tape measure out and say, this is where your sofa is going to be. And this is thing. how big <laughs> it's going to be. Uh-huh. You know, then you then you have to hope that the client that you're dealing with or the production that you're dealing with, they really can still see they that. See because it. believe right. me, there <laughs> are some part. people, right, who... <laughs> can't even visualize that you know that's part of what we bring to the table in all of these kind of design interior design situations what about home staging which is a very niche section of interior design what spoke to you about that marcus the turnaround. I'm a big fruits of your labor type of person. I like to see what I've been working on kind of immediately, whether it's working out or actually working on a project. I, I want to see this is the effort that I've been putting in and, I, and it shows. With interior design, that was not the case. One of the first projects I had was a home for the artist DJ Khaled. And prior to getting onto this project, it had already been work, been working on for six years prior. Wow. <laughs> it just became a concern for me. It's like, well, how long is it going to take me to finish and see this is the final product? How can I build this to become a part of my portfolio if it would never be finished or it constantly is prolonged or delayed or whatever it may be? 
Some clients like to be permanent clients. For us as as interior designers, certainly more so than on set, there are some clients who kind of live for this scenario where the job is never finished. And when you get into a relationship like that, it's it's really a delicate dance. It can be very draining. I can absolutely see Marcus post these stories of, you know, literally the move-in in one day, an entire room is complete. And mm-hmm. the planning that goes into that, it's just like what I do on set. You know, today I was dressing two locations to be things that they're not, you know, a restaurant to be a tattoo parlor. And, you know, we we planned it down to the last little plant on the shelf and and everything that we needed. And Marcus does the same thing. The, the kind of interesting juxtaposition is that he's doing things for a kind of broad, every character, you know, where... I'm doing it for a very specific character. And and that's very hard to create environments that are kind of universally appealing. Yes, but also specific as well. That could be Mm -hmm. very challenging, I can see. We talk a lot about how Beth has to take a character that's on paper and put them into these homes or into their workplaces and really have them shine. Marcus, for you, like Beth was just alluding to, how do you take something where you want to take some of those personal parts out of someone's home, but at the same time, you want a point of view, you want a style? How do you even go about doing that? There's several forms of staging. There's occupied and occupied, which are the two main important ones. Generally, I deal with unoccupied, which is none of the client's furniture, nothing personal within the home. It's a vacant home, whether it's a new development or it's someone recently lived there for several years or whatever it may be. For occupied client, they may be still living within that same home or they may just have their items still in that same home. And one of my recent projects this year was such. It was a five-bedroom gym. Like basically took three units on Park Ave and tore down the walls, tore everything down and just created this mansion on the whole floor. And most of the items were their existing furniture. From that, I had to create a a new story based on what I am using that's theirs. In some cases, I can use all of their furniture. In some cases, I can intertwine my inventory with theirs. In this case, I just did several rooms. I focused on the main rooms. The main rooms are generally primary bedroom, living room, and probably the kitchen. But normally, it's definitely the living room and the primary bedroom. In an unoccupied space, I go based off of location. So you have your downtown people, you have your midtown people, you have your upper west side, you have your uptown people. These are all different clientele and these are all different people. So for example, my current project is in Soho. My Soho clients or the Soho clients would not be the same client as a project I did last week in the Upper West Side. These are two different people, two different lifestyles. The Soho may be a young model with a boyfriend or just single versus the Upper West Side may be a family of four or something. Just two different clientele is catering to two different lifestyles. With that being said, I would then plan accordingly based off of location and then plan on based off of area. So if it's a Park Ave, it would be a lot more luxury glamorous 
more gold and shine rather than my current project in Soho, it would be a lot more woods and leathers and high, just very more so Brooklyn style because it's downtown. It's, it doesn't have to be this polished, clean environment or atmosphere. It's okay to have marks on your leather or scratches on your leather, which is naturally there. That's so interesting because, you know, when we're building sets from the ground up, many times we go after that patina and that, you know, we even add that scenically, you know, little handprints and dirt around a switch plate. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we do classify as set decorators our characters in many of the same ways and make these judgments on if a antique piece fits in to a completely modern setting and that whole kind of vibe that you're talking about without being trendy, you know, but we still have the same kind of categories. It's really interesting. Yes, I totally agree. So for both of you guys, if any one of us are looking to hire a stager, I'm going to back us up just a little bit, and we don't have a Beth or a Marcus available to us, what are some things I should be looking for, for who is this person who's going to really make my home shine? It's all about what your budget is, because if you don't have a budget to hire a stager, you know, you take your tips from pretty much every real estate broker out there. What you have to do is actually help your potential buyer visualize their own life in your home, which means that they don't want to see photographs of your kids. They want to see photographs of their kids. The way to do that is to really streamline, really clean up everything, fresh coat of paint, remove your collections. And as hard as that may be to pack those things and maybe have to put them in temporary storage or whatever you have to do with them, put them in the basement of your house. You have to have a palette that's clean and appealing kind of across the boards. Certainly, I would say that if you're not going to hire a stager, um, you should consider good lighting. You know, maybe if you're just going to add a few items that you can afford, I would say do it in, in lighting, maybe some fresh curtains, even if you throw slipcovers on your furniture and just kind of consider a neutral palette that, you know, gives everyone else who's coming in an opportunity to picture their life there. And I would always recommend to pull the furniture off the walls. So, you know, there's nice flow of traffic patterns and people can picture themselves there with their entire family. And it always makes the room look bigger, even though it doesn't make sense logically to people. But Actually, when you have more furniture in a room, it, it makes it look bigger. Those are my tips for, you know, how people can do it on their own. Of course, there are plenty of companies in bigger cities where you can hire a personal stager or where you can rent items from long-term rental houses or prop houses even in New York. A lot of prop houses are involved in staging projects. 
I completely agree with everything Beth said, and she actually touched on several points I was going to mention myself, especially the clutter, the the color palette. Those are two imperative things during staging when one is trying to have their home stage or trying to stage their home. Most people, believe it or not, cannot envision themselves within a space, whether it's empty or it's your own personal stuff. So to do that, having everything very neutral, very clean, very decluttered, um, nothing personal. People want to envision their selves there. So having your personal belongings there kind of takes away or doesn't allow them to see that fully. Scale is very important, not having oversized furniture or undersized furniture, as, as Beth mentioned, the right amount of seating and not having right up on the wall and such definitely allows and helps things. Um, keeping walls as well, um, neutrals, it's okay to do accent walls, but those accent walls shouldn't be loud or anything. Everything should be catered to a general public, no specific crowd, unless you intend or actually know it's going to be for this one specific person. Other than that, it should always try to be neutral in your creams, beige, light grays or dark grays. It's okay to throw in some pop-up colors, but I wouldn't suggest something loud like a hunter green on all four walls. Anything strong or overbearing, nothing particular based on religion or a particular culture or any of those things as well. Just keeping everything down to the decor. Right, a clean palette. Very, very clean. Marcus, do you subscribe for your clients to, you know, how people say if you bake an apple pie or you light an apple pie candle, it sells a house? Have you heard that? Baking chocolate chip cookies, that was our go-to. Oh, I didn't hear about that. I heard about the uh, the chocolate chip. Right. It's like like, like the third tip they give you. (laughs) Well, smells matter though, right? You guys, I mean, we're talking about visual, but I mean, we need to talk about, you know, do you guys even think about the auditory portion of it all? Do you think about the smells? What other things do you think about? Well, for me on set, there's no smelly candles, no flowers with intense smells. I don't take a risk like that at all because we heat everything up really quickly. You know, a couple of big lights and it's all cooking, you know. You better smell something awfully good. Exactly. It is so particular, you know. Uh, you could think that one scent is, you know, just the most magnificent thing, and the other people will disagree with you. So, you know, I think it needs to. Obviously, you don't want anything to smell musty when you're trying to sell a basement. There's a product called Damp Rid, you know, and run your humidifiers and try to pull as much moisture out of the air as possible. Those are really basic, important things uh, that people look for. I I wouldn't get into scents even for staging because, you know, again, you're you're stepping off that cliff of like making it personal. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. So just keeping it neutral, right? We're just kind of like laundry fresh. (laughs) Yep. Open the windows. (laughs) And open the windows and clean and bright light, you know, uh, that's what does it. 
How about like sounds? I know that's something that we talk about, Beth, on set with things like you have to pay attention to things of the upholstery of the fabric and things like that. So so sound doesn't bounce around in weird ways. Is that something that that either of you guys think about, Marcus, in terms of when you're doing someone's own playing music or doing anything, or are we getting too personal again? On my end, I think that what becomes very personal, um, it's more so that's now the buyer's issue. And for me, I would say that, you know, I, I don't ever do anything on set that is it, it, unless it's really a character driven moment like you know a fur throw or something uh, you know that really is over the top i try to stay away from things that might kind of annoy the actors i mean i i actually once was told that one of the actors that i was working with had like you know, an aversion to a certain kind of fabric. You know, some people have, like, they just don't like the feel of certain things. Like, I don't use ultra suede a lot or uh, a velvet that you're always having to brush, you know, the right way. You don't want butt up. prints. That's it, <laughs> you know? Right. And in staging too, you know, you're having a lot of people walk through your environment there and, you know, you don't want to have to fix everything up after every potential customer. Right, correct. And we've definitely had our share of clientele where they don't want any fur in there at all, or they don't want mm-hmm. this particular in there, or gold or something like that. Where right. It, it and vegan clients. Yep. Yes. They're a whole different category where it gets very specific on the things we can source and provide for them. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, because when you first have a client come to you, there has to be a whole conversation about these preferences. So do you guys, either of you guys have a set process or do you just have to, like you said, Marcus, there's kind of a whole different category for different groups of people. (laughs) How do you even start that process, Marcus, to even figure out like what category does this one fit in? For myself, we always do a, a kickoff call. So that call would be our first time speaking to the clients ourselves. The clients would tell us their preferences, their do's and don'ts, likes and dislikes, if they have any. Then you have some clients that are open to any and everything. They gave us the trust and we'll just go and do our magic. So we have either one of those um, spectrums where we are allowed to move forward with with a client that are, partic- that are particular with what they want and don't want. We take those notes and take those things in consideration and move accordingly keeping those preferences at the top. For my interior design clients, I do the same thing. You know, I I ask my clients to provide me with tear sheets or books or anything that really inspires them. I love when they start to search for visuals to share with me, and then I kind of riff off of that and give back to them and say, you know, for instance, I know this one company that is very much involved in the the vibe that you're talking about right now, or this one company has a line with a certain designer that kind of fits this profile. And, you know, that's how we start to communicate the kind of feeling that we want. 
I know every client is going to come in with a specific budget and <laughs> we laugh all the time, Beth. They always want it done yesterday, right? Yes. Like everything's everything's got to be finished, right? So if we have a really specific time crunch, what are the areas or the rooms of our home that we've got to say, look, this is it, do or die. These couple spaces have to look perfect. The living room, that's your go-to place. That's what most people expect to see, how many people they can sit in there, how much space they can get in there. Does it allow for a TV? If they want a TV, does it have a fireplace? What's the sofa like? Does it allow more than the sofa? These things are very imperative when looking in a space. So a living room definitely allows them to see if they even want to move forward within the home and look at any other space. Second, I would say a primary room. The primary is the head room. It allows the person that's the buyer, most likely, because they're the one paying for the space, to see if they can actually get a king bed in there. If it has a walk-in closet, if it has an ensuite, is it, does it have all these amenities that they would love or that the hotels or the TV show? These are the two spaces that I would always suggest staging if you can't stage anywhere else. And then next, I would say the big priority seems to be the kitchen. You know, on on all of these shows, everybody sort of divides themselves into one or the other category. You know, the rustic, wood, natural kind of category, or I have to have white cabinets. Part of Marcus's job, and and certainly mine post pandemic in so many ways is, you know, again, we're up against this supply chain situation that, you know, becomes more and more of an impediment every day. I mean, it's it's become so strange to me, like the, the most common things are still really hard to get in time and instantaneous needed overnight scenarios. You know, I'm not sure about you, Marcus, but I know for me, a lot of my decisions are being made on what vendor can just get it to me in time. Very much so. And so often, even just recently, I ordered several items from a vendor. It was ordered, paid for, and ready to ship. And then they tell me it's no longer available. And I have to wait a month. So it, it becomes this whole bigger issue. And I believe that's definitely because of this pandemic and such. Man, I could see we're going to talk about some pitfalls and common mistakes, but one just from the two of you guys saying that, boy, can I feel like do not make any promises about a specific item. At all. <laughs> no, you I can't. can see that. I've definitely had those instances where we we do propose several items to a client and we show them, they approve it, they love it, and they want to move forward with those specific items. Unfortunately, by the time we get back to go and order it, they're sold out. So we promised uh-huh. them something and we no longer can. I'd be like, where's my poof, Marcus? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you told me my Turkish poof. <laughs> you know, the other problem really is that it's not just the vendor. On top of the vendor, it's the transportation. Yes, the boats. All of these transporting companies have basically thrown caution to the wind and said, hey, we're not guaranteeing you anything. I I mean, even a vendor that I booked to custom make something for me recently, I got a call at 5 p.m. You know, we need a couple more days. 
uh, a couple more days. Sorry. <laughs> Dad dresses tomorrow morning at 8.30. And that team... <laughs> You're like, the show's over in two days. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. After some choice words from me, really? uh, you know, kept a crew there all night to do what had to be done. And then that balances out in my world with a vendor that you know, I needed a piece of a sofa, a section of a sectional recovered literally overnight. I picked out a fabric by a photo on my phone after another vendor sent me, you know, 10 choices. We got the piece to this upholsterer and my genius upholsterer did it overnight. You have these incredible moments of, you know, I love you so much for coming through for me. (laughs) And a great reminder to our listeners, right, of like, you're not Mm going to be able to get that done like that. You need a Bethra Marcus to get (laughs) magic made, right? Very, very true. You, 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 You get to throw your years of doing this around, you know, and, and look, it's not that the vendors want to let us down. It's kind of the way of the world right now, but we're working in an industry that has changed dramatically in the last two years. The film industry has changed dramatically in the last 10 years. We keep going through these kind of new growing pains. The bottom line is that for all these areas of work, staging, interior design, set decoration, all of it, we must be adaptable. We must think on our feet. We must problem solve, do our air traffic control job and <laughs> and you know keep it all going and at this point it you gotta also get up and fight the fight the next day you know it's it's a uh, kind of comes with the territory it's why you two birds came on here like oh. <laughs> saving the world one day yeah. at a time. <laughs> oh gosh it certainly is well i need to know some pitfalls that that people can get themselves into things that maybe they read in their magazine that they think is just such a great idea but you guys as pros know you know that is a mistake that's just one of those silly traditions that people do but it's not really a thing marcus i want to start with you what are some things you've seen and you're like cringing i would say people taking their shoes off or even more so on the other end people actually using these stage items um i've had several times where clients would say oh we sold it come and get it or it didn't sell blah 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 and we go to grab it and it's like someone's sleeping in the bed or (laughs) the floor is all like the rug is all stepped on like there was a party there or the soap has been used in the showers like who was living here like this is not okay it's a staging not an interior design (laughs) beth i know you can feel that one right we've (laughs) (laughs) i know you can i know you can oh well when we build bathrooms on set we have to make sure that nobody goes in the toilet, which has happened. Can you believe that, Marcus? What? The like, fake I, toilet. You know, toilet. yes, yes. Is it, is, it, is it done so well that they yes. think it's real? Well, I mean, that's I mean, your talent. That's your talents, then. You, you, gotta, you gotta calm down on your talents. <laughs> right. But that's ridiculous. We, it's clearly a set. 
your it's own. clearly a set, you know, because you're looking up at the grid. <laughs> <laughs> My view is, you know, I just encourage people to try to stay away from fats. Marcus is talking about uh, kind of a really calm, relaxing nothing screams out at you kind of colors and fabrics and all of that for staging in particular. And, you know, we've been talking about colors of the year and how everything's gone. So Zen in how we're all trying to live and work at home. I'm not a fan of the smiley face pillows and you know, any, anything <laughs> of the smiley face. <laughs> no, you want to know why I'm thinking about that? Because I, okay. So um, I actually got the job of set decorator on Howard Stern's private parts, a little ways into the job. When I walked into the shop of all the things that had been acquired, there were a plethora of smiley face pillows and lava lamps. You know, I, I, I don't like, as we say very often lately, even on the nose decorating. You know, I like things off the beaten path and things that kind of evolve and are eclectic and gathered over time. You know, I, I don't like that way in which, you know, fads contribute to that situation where things just don't have longevity, you know, where you get sick of them easily, whether it's a tile backsplash or, you know, a particular rug or, or a pillow. So I'm always sort of seeking out the unique, you know, that, that goes back to, you know, our talk with John Koch about special antiques and different pieces, you know, for staging, you can't go to those fads. In my work, I just try to stay away from them, no matter what, including smiley face pillows. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely think it can work with the unique pieces by still allowing them to be timeless pieces. Yes, a unique shape with a timeless upholster on it or something uh, but i think that balance at least within the staging feel allows it to feel unique but still sellable i love that okay now we can go back to the shoe question beth <laughs> go ahead i want to i want to understand that first tip what do you mean when people you mean people take off their shoes and got the furniture dirty and stuff taking their shoes off and just it's a ton of shoes at the front door now and then it becomes the smell and the space I just feel personally that this is definitely a a non-selling point when trying to achieve a, a sale or a nice um, client to actually purchase the place. No, but you know what's so interesting is that I can't tell you how many location scouts I go on where like a whole crew of department heads have to take their shoes off. I I mean, it happens almost every episode of whatever show you're on, wherever you're going. You know, the first thing people do, of course, is make fun of any crew member who has socks with holes in them. Of course. You know? (laughs) So so you get that with my team, I always provide the shoe um shoe covers yes nice, like booties yeah. at the front door people yes, this the is a great at the tip front door. i keep booties at my front door in in my front door 
cabinet. Yeah. Marcus, is Beth so bougie? She totally has booties at her own house. She's definitely she's bougie. I need, to get, I need to get like her. I need a bougie pantry. It's not that. I have carpet. I have carpet. You say okay, it's not that. that. It's not that, you guys. <laughs> it's not that. I oh. promise. It's the carpet. It's not me. Oh my god. I love that. I think okay, Marcus, this is gonna be like a like a bar we set. Like, do you have booties at your front door or no? <laughs> This is all I need I to know about you. But I do have <laughs> several shoe racks. They're very organized and neat. No one's allowed in my house with their shoes on because my entire living room is cream, beige, and white. Wow. Like a modern version of our parents or grandparents where you had that one room that was nice and clean and white, but you couldn't go in there. With plastic covers on everything. It was that. It's that, but it's actually usable and functional. So I get my sofa clean every three to six months i um sweep them up um the floors i vacuum the hide i wipe down the leather seats it, it's an upkeep but it's worth it to have this place look nice and clean but with that you have to take your shoes at the door we, we've gone full circle marcus this is how have. you grew up you have mm-hmm. achieved your goals through staging <laughs> it's super cool it's great I, I totally agree. It's definitely a full circle of life. I love it, you guys. Well, Marcus, we're so lucky that you've spent so much time with us here today. I feel like, like Beth, I have learned so much, and now I'm like absolutely wanting booties across the <laughs> and I'm like and looking down my nose at everybody who doesn't have them on. <laughs> I love this. I love it so much. One of my final tips I would say, just for anyone, whether it's staging or your everyday home or interior design or helping a friend with their space, I say mirrors go a long way. Mirrors is one of my number one tricks and tips. It makes the face face feel so much bigger and brighter and fuller. And you get so much of a reflection, especially if you keep them clean. The bigger the mirror, the bigger the room, the better the space. It just feels so much more wholesome and well put together. And it creates a warm environment that's very welcoming. You know, on set, usually mirrors are forbidden. I figured. (laughs) You know, in fact, I mean, lately I've been working with a lot of directors of photography who are embracing mirrors. And, you know, I've been purchasing a lot of what's called a cheval mirror, which is, you know, a tall standing mirror, but it's in a frame that pivots and that gives you like the, uh, it gives you the ability to angle the mirror so for us on set, you know, we can actually direct a shot within the mirror and it makes for really interesting filmmaking. Nice. So mirrors, I agree with you, are really, really helpful. It definitely seems like it could bring in something from your our outside in talk all the time, right? You can angle it a little yes. bit to maybe, you know, show some trees outside or something. I, I have that exact mirror placement in my own apartment that uh of course you do. That, no it just happens to <laughs> be legendary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> my teeny tiny apartment um uh, uh, it happens to reflect my view um oh, right gorge. into that mirror as do mine it's great and that's the key with hanging your mirrors or putting mirrors it should reflect from a window it should not just be in this hallway yes if you want the space to feel bigger or larger <laughs> 
So you can avoid when it just looks like a man walking towards you and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) you don't want that. (laughs) That's so funny. Thank you so much for being with us, Marcus. It's been an absolute pleasure. I just can't wait to continue to follow you. Give, Give our listeners your Instagram. My Instagram is Lamarco. That's L as in Larry, A dot M A R C O, Lamarco. That's my Instagram. I am working on building a personal page just for both my wardrobe styling as well as my home staging. So they're intertwining, but I do post a lot of my um, behind the scenes and transitions and before and afters on my stories and such and i'll be yes everybody check it out (laughs) thank you so much thank you thank you we appreciate you coming on so much and listeners we're gonna have so much information when we post this episode so that you can reach out to marcus and get tons of tips and tricks from beth and i'm sure marcus you'd be open if there was a a listener who had like a big issue would you be open to to answering some questions from them I, i am i am definitely here to problem solve That's so great. And I'm the set decorator by your side. We've got you covered, everybody. Dynamic duo. Dynamic duo. And you get your booties at the door. That's right. That's the name of this episode. Get your booties at the door. (laughs) Thank you so much, Marcus. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you both. It was such a pleasure. Thank you again so much to Marcus Carroll for his time today. He was fantastic. And I hope that all of you guys have learned a ton of new tips and tricks. And go check out his Instagram. You guys are going to be blown away. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, guys. Producer Mike here. Don't forget to submit your reviews to Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you leave us a five-star rating and review, we'll read it on air, just like 20 Brentons did when he wrote, Beth, thank you for your talents, originality, passion, and your spirit. You really make a difference. It's shining through your art. Lots of love. Five stars. Thank you so much, 20 Bretons. Guys, submit to Beth's Instagram at Beth Kushnick, Pod Clubhouse's Instagram at Pod Clubhouse, or like I said, Apple Podcasts, podclubhouse.com. We have a bunch of different ways you can reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and read it on air. Thanks so much, and thank you for listening. Decorating the set from Hollywood to your home is an original Pod Clubhouse production. Recorded, edited, and produced at Pod Clubhouse Studios. For more information, please visit us online at podclubhouse.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Decorating the Set at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.